Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio. Join us each week as we delve into some of life's most complex questions. It's time to explore the unexplained with your hosts, Karen Frazier and Rick Hale. It is Thursday night, and if you can hear our voices, you're exactly where you need to to be. She's Karen Frazier. I'm Raquel. This is Paranormal Underground Radio at hazyradio.com. Welcome. Karen, how are you this fine evening? Well, I I think Karen? I'm coming down with oh. a cold. Can oh, no, hear? that's bad. Oh, yeah, you can. Okay. Um, so, you know, other than that, I'm just fine. I spent my Halloween around hundreds of little children with runny noses. Yay. And it was inevitable. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> There you go. We had a big uh, Halloween party for kids in the community at the uh, Lewis County Historical Museum on Friday night right. and uh, had about three times as many people as we expected <laughs> came. Mm-hmm. So that was good. It was a lot of fun and um, very exhausting. And then the next night, we did ghost tours of the museum, which sold out within like the first day or something. And now yeah. we have we we still have a waiting list of people who want to have a ghost tour that we have yet to have taken through. So, all good. All fundraising stuff for the museum. Right. Now, I mean, when, when you do these ghost tours, do you ever take the children on them? I mean, you, you guys have, like, no, a parent... adults only. Adults what? only? Mm-hmm. I thought you guys had some kind of, like, paranormal camp where kids can go we away. Did. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we did the kids' ghost camp. We did that one year at the museum. Um, and we kept them out of the parts of the museum that had been a little scarier, you know? Okay. Um, so, like, we kept them out of the attic, which was kind of the big hot spot where things got thrown a lot. And we didn't take them up there. And we were really, it was during, you know, broad daylight hours, and their parents sat in the back room and watched them on monitors so they could see what we did with their kids every step of the way. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we we did it in a very in a very controlled and careful way. And basically, we gave the kids a little bit of a chance to do something that they saw on TV. And um, then we we sure. they even captured an EVP that we were able to hear while they were still there, so that we could play it back for them. That's outstanding. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was it was a good time. So. <laughs> That was a couple of years ago, and we'd like to do that again at some point because the kids loved it. The parents really liked that they could sit and watch what was going on with their kids, and right. you know, it was it was it was a good time. Yeah. So you know, um, I thought it'd be a good idea that we preview who it is that we are welcoming to the show tonight. We have got a great guest for the listeners. We're going to be talking to Connie Willis. She is a QVC TV host. Now, I'm curious. I don't even know what QVC stands for. She is also isn't a that that sh- Wait, wait, wait. Isn't that that shopping channel? I believe so, yeah. I think yeah. it might be. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, all right. So, she's a TV, she is a QVC TV host. She's a spokesperson and a paranormal investigator, Connie Willis. So, I'm really looking forward to talking to her because she specializes in something called the Dr. Mulder's Wishing Machine. And, and this thing's... It. Oh, yeah. I, I contacted her a couple of days ago because I wanted to say, you know, I wanted to introduce myself, say, hey, Connie, how are you? You know, I'm Rick and how we do things here at Paranormal Underground. And she was very generous and sent me one. I got it sitting in front of me right now. Oh, very good. Have you made any wishes yet? No, because I don't have the helmet. 
Wait, you have to have the helmet to make the wishes? The box itself doesn't work? Well, see, but and that's what I want to find out. I'm hoping that we could talk to her about it tonight to see how this thing works. But from the pictures that I saw that there is a helmet that you hook into it and you put the helmet on and you're supposed to wish and this machine is supposed to help these wishes manifest themselves. So, I, you know, we'll really talk to her about that tonight. I'm really interested to see how this thing is that I got in the mail today. Now, I don't really get like a lot of packages and stuff because we're not like, you know, we don't really buy stuff online. We'd rather go to the, you know, to go to the store. But man, I tell you, when I got this thing today, I was so excited. And my wife looks at it. She's like, what is this? I'm like, it's a Dr. Mulder's wishing machine. She just says, oh, and turns and walks away. (laughs) You know, that's just it. They just, you know, I come home with all sorts of weird crap. And I, I used to get a little bit of a reaction. Nothing now. Nothing. It's just like, okay, what is that? Well, it's a tray of crystals designed to help make me feel better. What You know, whatever. Okay. What are you doing over there? Well, I'm making a potion that helps me communicate better with spirits. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm a, you know what it's All righty. We were talking about it a couple of days ago, and I looked down at Theo, and I said, you know something, hon, I just realized something. This kid's going to grow up knowing a whole lot of weird people, and uh, uh-huh. sure enough, he is. I know. Tanner has, and, you know, he's in that phase right now where um, he doesn't tell people about his mother. <laughs> so I don't know if I told you this story last week on the show or not. You can stop me if I did. Okay. But he, I, I, he was sort of coming into my mind a lot last Monday. Right. And so I sent him a text. Did I tell you this story yet? Mm, I, don't, I don't recall. Okay. Anyway, so I sent him a text, and I said, hey, is everything okay? And he had been having this really bad day. Uh Well, his girlfriend was in the room with him, and she was closer to the phone. And she picked up his phone and saw my text, and she knew he'd been having this horrible day. And she said, your mom just texted and wanted to know if you're okay. Why would she even know to ask you that? Tanner was just like, us, my mom. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I got to tell you something, though. I'm really hoping that one day Theo will pick up where his old man left off. I'm well, really hoping that he will. Yes, there's a really good chance that first he will completely disown it. I'm just going to just gonna oh, tell sure. you that right now. And, you know, then maybe they find their way back to it or maybe they don't. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, whatevs. Hey, so I'm writing a new book. Yes, great. Tell us all about yeah. that. Yeah, I'm in the middle of a new book writing it about the Lewis County Historical Museum, which, of course, you've heard me talk about quite a bit on this radio, on this here radio show. And, um, you know, it's just such a great place, and it's just such a great story. Um, And, you know, I like to write about haunted places that have a little bit of heart, and I like to write about the story behind them, because I think the story is really what's more important than the, than the spooky things that happen. And I know people pick up the books for the spooky things that happen, because they like to feel that chill and read about those scary things. And so I put that in there, but at the same time, my goal is always more to take these spirits that people go out because they want to experience something spooky and be entertained a little bit, and I try to humanize them so that people understand that these spirits are humans that they were or at least they were humans and that they still have the same types of emotional and spiritual needs that we have so i always try to put that in all of my books so so it will certainly be in this one as well 
Yeah. See, and I and I agree with that completely. In my in my own investigations, I try to approach this uh, from a very human perspective, and I think that that's the thing that kind of, that has really taken the f- any kind of fear. I'm, except for, the, of course, I've been in this thing since I was a small child, but understanding the fact that ghosts and hauntings have been part of the human experience for you know when we fell out of the trees, lost the tails and the fur. You know, it yeah. was all been a part of us so it's like when you understand that and you can help people understand that a little bit better you take that fear away this is all the experience right and i know some people don't want that fear taken away because they kind of like the um feeling of the being scared you know or being spooked or things like that but at the same time i think that it's it's important that people understand um because they're made of the same stuff we are and yeah. so, yeah, it may be a little spooky sometimes. Um, and some people really like that spookiness. And, you know, I think it's really freaking cool when something happens that's mm-hmm. unexpected. I mean, I still get that, ooh, but at the same time, I'm not afraid of it. I'm, I'm right. much more afraid of things of this world <laughs> than I am things out of it. So it's funny because it's like I'm, I'm reminded of um, of a comment that somebody left in the uh, comment section for uh, Ghost Tapes too, and there's a part in the um, it's it's in our during our first investigation. It was at a private residence, very close to my house actually, and we're in the ba- Luke and I are in the bathroom, and Luke is filming me, and I ask the spirit to knock once for yes and twice for no, and if, if you want to go back and watch it, it's really great. It's it's loud. You can. And I guarantee, and I can tell you this: there is nobody that's doing this, nobody that's seen. So I ask a question, and all of a sudden, I hear on the wall, "bang," like a knock. Now, most people would be like, "Oh my God, what the hell was that?" Me, I laugh and I say, "This is what this stuff is all about." And I, there was actually comments that were left where people are like, "Wow, I can't believe how Rick reacted to something like that." Usually, that would scare somebody. What the hell was that? It's like this, but when you understand the human side of it, you, it takes the fear away. So, yeah, yeah, and it is, it is, you're right. And that's what gets me excited when we do the paranormal investigation and something happens and you get that, you know, it's, it's, you would think that after all these years that I'd be a little jaded about it and be like, yeah, okay, whatever. And it's not, it's still like, right. oh my God, that's so cool. So that never yep. goes away even when you understand it. You know, what does go away though is that I can't watch a horror movie anymore and be frightened by it. Sure. And, um, you know, I kind of miss that I, because I liked reading those scary books when I was a kid yeah. and how they made me feel. And I don't I don't have that experience anymore, but that's OK. I'll, I'll take all the other experiences I have instead. So right. um, it is time. We need to go to break. We need to go to break. Yep. So we come back. We'll be talking about wishing machines and really cool stuff like that. So stick around. It's Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. Hey everyone, Chucky G here. Come join me on my show, In the Dark Radio, where we talk with guests on everything from ghosts to cryptids. Starting from 10.30 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern, come into the zone and have some fun, right here on the AZ Radio Network. This is Karen Frazier, writer and radio host with Paranormal Underground. Since I wrote my book, Avalanche of Spirits, The Ghosts of Wellington in 2010, people have asked me what happened next. In my new book, Dancing with the Afterlife, A Paranormal Memoir, 
my Wellington story continues. Dancing with the Afterlife is more than the continuation of the Wellington story, however. It's also the story of a lifetime of afterlife research and paranormal encounters. What I've learned has changed my life, and it might change yours as well. To learn more about Dancing with the Afterlife or to read an excerpt from the book, visit DancingWithTheAfterlife.com. Thank you. It's Karen Frazier. I'm here with my co-host of Paranormal Underground Radio, Rick Hale. Hi, everyone. We invite you to join Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network to explore the unexplained every Thursday night from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific and other times in the flyover states. <laughs> Each week we talk with investigators in the field, researchers, authors, and experts about topics that include paranormal investigation, ufology, cryptozoology, and spirituality. So please join us each Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern for Paranormal Talk with great guests right here on HazyRadioNetwork.com. While cutting molding with a 12-inch dual compound miter saw, while holding a newborn baby in your arms, when face-to-face with a congregation of alligators, with the ball in your hands and the entire freaking season on the line. There are a million places you'd never consider texting. So why would you do it while driving? NASCAR driver Casey Kane here, asking you to please stop the text. And together, we can stop the wrecks. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Get the message at stoptextstoprex.org.
this is Hazy, and you're listening to the Hazy Radio Network. The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Hazy Radio Network, its affiliates, or sponsors. All shows are independently owned and broadcast for entertainment purposes only. Hey everybody, welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio at HazyRadio.com. We are your hosts, Karen and Rick. Joining us tonight is going to be TV, uh, sorry, TV host for QVC. I, that, that's, that's, that's a tongue tire for me. Uh, spokesperson, paranormal investigator, and a all-around interesting person. We had a lot to talk about, uh, for uh, Connie Willis. Thank you so much, Connie, and welcome to the Underground. Thank you. Listen to this. The crowd is roaring. Yay! <laughs> Hey, <laughs> they listen, but they're usually pretty quiet. Although they they'll ask questions in chat from time yep. to time, so we may have some we may have some questions for you. But you know, I think the burning question for both Rick and I right now is that little box that Rick has in his what did he say his left hand? <laughs> I want to know what he's got in his right hand. He, you know you don't. No, no, you don't. <laughs> this is not private time for Rick. <laughs> You're talking about uh, Dr. Mulder's wishing machine. Correct. Is that right? So you got that in the mail today. Isn't that awesome? That is, um, um, now you got um, the cat's meow, correct? Um, I got, it looks like the classic one. Um, unfortunately, though, well, we already talked about this, was the um, the helmet. I'm really waiting on the helmet because I think that would just really tie the room together. But um, yeah, I'm just really – I've never heard of radionics before. This is, this is something that's totally new to me. You know, what is radionics and how does it apply no, to no, the No, no. First, I want to know something even more important. Who is okay. Dr. Mulder? Who is Dr. Mulder? <laughs> yes. He is the man behind the curtain. He is like the Wizard of Oz. He's the guy that uh, he he's um, well. You know, let me explain it this way: radionics, which is um, we'll talk about that in a second. The people that are in the radionics world that make radionics devices and machines and boxes, whatever you want to call it, they are people just like Dr. Mulder. They are in a lab. They're they're that guy that's in a lab all the time. And that's all they do is hang out with these radionics boxes, try to make them bigger, better, whatever they do with them. And they're all around them all the time. And I think they come up for air once in a while, maybe to get like, you know, um, and not like a six pack, but, you know, a six pack of Diet Pepsi or something. You know, they're those kind of guys. And that's all yeah, they do. I'm married. I'm married to a guy like that. I, I totally get that kind of guy. So that's yeah. Are. All they do is work on these boxes all the time. They're very quiet people, and um, and they don't like to be known. They just want to do their thing because people will not leave them alone as well. So uh, you know, because some you know people believe this is like the secret of the universe. They believe it's like the giant harp, except it's you know small and tiny for the individual um, home own you know home use. I guess. Okay. Okay. So what are radionics? Now I'm ready for that. Radionics, it's it's crazy because, you know, you always think, what can I specifically say about radionics? And you can throw out this and that, um, and a lot of other people will say, we're still trying to figure out what it is, but we know it works. Um, back, uh, I guess in the 30s or so, is um, Abrams came up with this where he believed that he could heal people from afar, and uh, he started working with 
what we now call radionics. It's like radiation and electronics. And uh, they can take like blood, which would be DNA or hair. Mm-hmm. And they, of, of a person, and, uh, what he was doing was trying to heal them by using these devices that he created. And they might be in the other room, they might be close by, or they could be far, far away. And what he tried to do was get the DNA, you know, like a hair or blood or sample or something like that. Though, um, the way people have been working with them nowadays, you don't have to go and pluck out your friend's hair or your own. Um, I mean, they, they say that's good, but they can also use a picture of somebody or if they're looking to get money with uh, intentions of uh, healing or money or something like that, um, you can use a, a dollar bill or some sort of, uh, you can take a piece of paper and draw a money sign on it, an infinity or something, and unlimited amounts of money. But basically, if you want to put it in a more of a visual way, like I like to put it, there's something called scalar waves that come out of our head. When we have a thought... Um, you know how there's, let's say there's a pond and you drop a pebble in the pond and it ripples out, correct? Correct. Okay. Well, we have like this effect where when you have a thought, there's like a ripple effect of that thought. So if you have an intention or a, a desire, it kind of goes like a ripple, a ripple effect out. Uh, our thoughts do. And those well, are- you're talking about basic metaphysics. I mean, you're talking about thoughts becoming things. Yep, yep. So, yeah, exactly. So, the, and they the call secret. them scalar waves. Well, yeah, similar to that. Yep, yep. Kind of similar to that. This has been, been, been around a long, long, long time. Maybe longer than that. I can't tell you that, but, uh, in thirties. Um, but these, so these scalar waves go out, right? Okay. So you and I, we can have a thought. And then uh, another thought and another thought. We can't really focus, you know, over, you know, for a long, long period of time on the same thing. However, we, you and I probably know a lot of people that meditate and they really focus and maybe remote view and remote influence and things like that. And they mm-hmm. can't focus for a long, 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 long time. And so they, you know, and prayer is the same way where you pray for something, you pray for something, you pray for something, and you keep going out there. But at one point, us humans, whether you can do it for 20 minutes or 20 seconds or two seconds, we get tired. We get exhausted. We cannot do this anymore. However, the radionics machine, you can focus in on that with your intention. And you can set these dials, and it will throw out these scalar waves from the the device 24-7. That's that's what it's about. How's that that for uh, an explanation for you? Makes sense? So essentially what you're saying is that, okay, so first of all, I actually do the meditation and the focused intention work and all of that. Um, So I'm a metaphysical practitioner and a metaphysical minister. So that's something that's a big part of my life. Excellent. Um, And and I do believe that, that our thoughts become our reality. And I do believe that a lot of people wind up with things that they don't intend to have as their reality, myself included, because we don't have decent control over our thoughts. So, but (laughs) that's a very good way to put it. (laughs) Yeah. But at the same time, um, I feel like the wishing machine is an interesting concept to me, but to me, the power is inside of us. So why do we give that power away to an inanimate object, which is this box, when we can do it ourselves through focused intention? And I understand what you're saying is we can't focus intention 24-7, but we can slowly make our lives better if we continuously try to change the way we think to ways that are more desirable to our lives, correct? 
Well, you know what? We've all had boyfriends, and boy, they can't change, can they? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never had a boyfriend. We've all had men in our lives. And, uh, and, uh, oh, I, maybe I'll change him. He'll be so wonderful yes. when I change him. I gave that up in my 20s. Let me tell you, that never works. <laughs> or they say, I'll change, honey. I love you. I'll change. So, you know, yeah. we know about that, right? It's very hard for people to change, and... um uh, they got to really, really do it. And a lot of times it's very hard for people to focus. And, and I, I agree with what you're saying. Um, a lot of people, though, can't totally focus. And for those kind of people, sometimes they need a tool that helps them feel more confident that it's going out okay. there. So along with that and, and the tool of the radionics devices, um, and by the way, people like you that have that focus and that meditation Oh my gosh, they do the best with these devices because, um, because the thought does continue to go on because your intention is so much more focused than the average bear. We all have, we all, I, I think you'll agree too, we all have the abilities, but some of us are, are more focused and, you know, worked up. More on it and practice. Well, absolutely. And sometimes I'm better at focusing than others. You know, sometimes life gets in the way. And as much as I'd like to be that super hyper focused hippie guru that I really want to be, it just, you know, life happens. And yes. So imagine what your intent that much more focus into something that will help you. Um, uh, There's a guy, Brad Johnson. Do you know him? Uh, ConsciousMatrix.com by chance? Mm mm. Yeah, I, you know what? The name sounds familiar, yes. He got a great following and audience and things like that, and he's like you. He's focused in on there. He uses this, uh, and it, so so he's already very, very strong like you sound, and he loves this. He's gotten rid of back pains that himself hasn't had a had uh, has been able to do but with the wishing machine, uh he said within an hour and a half and, and even during the hour and a half, he felt it like melting and going away, this pain. And he talked about some other things, too. Yeah, so he uses it, and it's gone, it's happened quicker. A friend of mine who is in deep prayer all the time, deep, 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 deep prayer as a religious man and a professional religious man, I guess if you can say that, I, I don't know. But anyway, he's he's a man of the cloth, let's put it that way. So he mm-hmm. focuses on prayer very strongly, 10 seconds. Ten seconds, he got rid of my of migraine, and he has them all the time. So you know, those are very focused people, right? And so sure. there's this tool, and it just, sure. I just, it helps people that are focused um, a whole lot quicker than uh, mm-hmm. the average bear. But the average bear can do it, and, and uh, you know, go out to a movie and things like that, and it's going to be working for them. So, so here's my next question. So sometimes what people think they want isn't <laughs> what they need. You knew exactly, I could tell when you left, you knew exactly where I was going. Sometimes what people think they want isn't actually in the highest interest of their souls or even of their human bodies. So they think that they want something, but it's not what they need. And so isn't isn't this going to give those people what they think they want to? And can't that be detrimental? You know what? Um, we like to say, I guess, I know I do, and I know Dr. Mulder likes to say a couple different things. And one of them is um, to, first of all, don't use it for harm. Um, yes. Right? Yes. So that's got to do that. Second of all, um, that if you don't get your wish, it's probably because the universe did not want you to ever have your wish. So I right. think, uh, you know, and according to what he says, and um, the universe still works along with it. 
Okay. Now, okay, but how do you how do you react to a skeptic with a statement like that? Uh, it's like, okay, well, the universe didn't provide you your wish, so that must mean that it doesn't that that that's not what it wants you to have. Now, a skeptic would say, oh, well, you know, isn't that convenient? How do you how do you react to something like that? Oh, you know, I just try to keep skeptics out of my life. They just they just are <laughs> awful. They 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 bore me. They turn me. You know, I they just you know it just ruins the whole mood of everything, doesn't it? I've, I I. Uh, sure. It's not a device made for skeptics anyway. They're not the intended audience, are they? Exactly. You know what? They're per- they're uh, professional great pissers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like talking about UFOs or ETs or anything, you know, as soon as a skeptic comes in, all of a sudden it's just about is it true or not, as opposed to let's hear the stories and, and let me hear more about that side so I can decide if that relates to me or if it's anything I want to do and look into it further. So, you know, I mean, the skeptics are always going to be just that guy that stops you and limits your thinking just because you want to get into a battle with him and prove something. Sure, yeah. Right. And we know that the areas that we study, it's very, very hard to prove those things. But once it happens with you or you've seen something, you're like, I don't care what you think anymore. I believe, and that's all that matters. Right. Yeah, I mean, I've been, I, for, for myself, I mean, I've been researching since 82 when my first investigation was in 91. So it's like I get a lot of people that come to me and they're like, Rick, how do you deal with skeptics? And I tell you them the same thing. I don't. I stopped <laughs> debating these cats a long, long time ago, because I like to explain things, not explain things away, and there is a vast difference. Very nice. And, you know, it's too bad that these, it's too bad that they want to do that and and just be like, you're a liar, and what is all this about? Because basically they're kind of calling you that. Exactly, you're a crazy person. Yeah, and you know what? Here's the thing that I, I uh, I think about. Those skeptics, especially the worst ones of all, you know, that, that will just tear you down and rip you up to shreds, you know, and you're just as honest as you possibly can trying to figure out what the truth is. These are the people that I want a camera on when they see Bigfoot or they a ghost or something, <laughs> because be, they will be up on the ceiling, right? <laughs> oh, I know. You know, you know we, do, we do little things around... Um, with my, I'm a, on a paranormal team. I'm an investigator as well, and we do things in the community where we do like ghost tours. Or um, we had a kids' ghost camp one time, and it's really funny to there because there's always, no matter what thing you do in the community outreach, there's always the really skeptical person in front with their arms crossed in front of them, sort of giving you the the stink eye, you know. Yeah. And it's always really funny because they're like the first ones who are like, <gasps> when something happens. So scared I just love that. Exactly. You go in the woods for like, you know, a Bigfoot hunt, hunt and th- those are the ones just scared out of their mind. And then later on, see, see, nothing happened. You know, you're like, oh, my gosh, the chances of things happening can be slim. But when they do, oh, you know, um, uh, just about the radionics machine, I wanted to, to, to say this about it, too, that. I started looking into it about uh, maybe three years ago, and the reason why was uh, uh, remote viewing. I was studying remote viewing and became a certified advanced remote viewer with Lynn Buchanan, who's one of the guys in the military that was in the military project of mm-hmm. um, Project Stargate. So you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. I do. Okay, great guy. Studied 
with him and, and then did, uh, you know, a little bit of remote influencing in there too. They call it, you know, remote in, uh, or they call it medical apps, medical applications because they want to just basic base it on healing. But, um, then I learned about radionics and heard about that and I'm like, what is that? And they're like, oh, these machines, you know, you don't have to, you know, do anything with your mind. You can let it do it for you. And, and so I looked into it and it, you know, they, uh, people also said it's like that giant harp that can, changed weather well now there's little ones that you can buy them and get them for home use well when i looked into it these things were five thousand dollars ten thousand dollars eighty thousand dollars i don't think i saw anything under i think i might have seen something eight hundred dollars but when you did it got smaller and smaller and smaller but i I kid you not you can see you can find these things for a hundred thousand dollars some are made out of you know that look like that you could you could buy them at a radio shack you know where they look um, like they've been made in a mold and things like that and you'll have others most of them are handmade by people you know keep that in mind and and dr molders i mean i kind of gave up on the radionics because i thought well i can't afford one of these things to even play around with it i blogged for huffington post and i wanted to do a blog on it so i actually talked to some of the people since i could afford it to say hey what can I do here? I want to do research. Can you give me one so I can work with it? And you know what? I got you guys won't believe this. This is the first one of the first things I got was, you know, I don't mind giving you one and you can research it and play with it, whatever, that's okay. However, I don't want you to advertise this. Now, when does anybody ever say that, by the way? I don't want you to advertise on the Huffington Post <laughs> weird news <laughs> that have, you know, millions and millions and millions of people. Why? Yeah. And I thought, aren't you selling these things? And and they said, we don't want this stuff to get into the uh, hands of the wrong people because these these are dangerous. They are extremely powerful. And this is what these people told me. So I'm going... What what is it you guys are doing with this stuff? Well, we're changing weather. Some people get it to change the verdict with the judge on, on a divorce case. People, you know, they want to buy a house. All these things. I was like, this is amazing. And they say they have all this um, success. So, but I had to give up on it because people didn't want ad- actual advertisement because they said, look, word of mouth is enough for us. We don't want it to get into the wrong hands with people that will harm other people. And they told me about background stories where people got killed over this. But eventually one day, um, actually somebody turned me on to um, something was going on. I was like, man, I need some help. And a friend said, hey, check this out. And it was Dr. Mulder's wishing machine. And I said, oh, I know what those things are. And I looked at it and the price was under $200. And I went, wait, wait a minute, here's one that's affordable, let me check it out. So that's how I got involved with it, and I think that's what's important. I mean, you mentioned, of course, that I do QVC. You know, QVC, we care about hitting the average Joe, because that's who, there's more average Joes, and that's who we are, <laughs> right? right. And sure. We can afford that. We can't. Who can afford ten thousand, a hundred thousand? I I can't. I'm your average show, but yeah. this is something I can afford, and my friends can afford. And I thought I got to check it out. So I've gotten, you know, I've done research where I've asked people, "What's it done for you? Tell me what it, you know, what's happening to you if you get it." And and um, so got involved with Dr. Mulder and uh, just been having a ball, you know, researching it and having fun with it. And, you know, you guys, uh, you picked it up pretty quickly. And, and Rick, when when you do it, you know, I think you're going to have a good time with it. I think you have the cat's meow. Does it have an antenna on it? I do. You know, it's just that I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just afraid. It's like if I turn this on. A, I don't want to, you know, accidentally start the zombie apocalypse, <laughs> or you know, or 
you know, have a psychotic break with objective reality. I'm joking, of course. But um, so so basically, I'm gonna do. I am joking, Karen. She knows me so well. Um, just plug it in and turn it on and let it run. Yeah, yeah. Like let's say, um, let's say you are you are wishing for you know you've always wanted. I, you know, I mean, don't go crazy and say I want to fly. And then jump out a window or something. But but let's say you you know you've always wanted a uh, striped cat uh, with uh, blue eyes and, and it's red. I, I don't know. I, I you know I don't know. I don't, I don't want to go into a love life or anything. You know. Or let's say let's say let's say you want a Mercedes Benz. Let's let's go. Let's have fun. Okay. So you uh, get a picture of the Mercedes Benz that you want. And you uh, pull out a hair of yourself. And uh, uh, actually, if you go to drmulderswishingmachine.com, and if you actually buy one, you can go into the Wishers Only page at that point, and you can see the videos of exactly how to do it. Um, okay. But you don't see that until after you purchase one because it's for the only, you know, it's, it's all private. Once you get into the world, you know, you get all, you, you know, want to get people learning all this stuff and doing it on things that aren't specific to what you're looking for. Anyway, so you would put that on the copper plate, your um, Mercedes-Benz picture and your hair, and okay. um, you would turn all those little knobs to zero or okay. all the way to the left. I don't think there's even numbers anymore on them because it doesn't matter about the number, but you turn everything to the left. And you start turning these knobs at the same time that you put either your thumb on that white square that's called a sticky plate. Or you okay. put two fingers on there. And what happens basically is like your, your subconscious goes to work again. We all know how that is. You know how a pendulum moves with your subconscious, right? Sure. Yes. So the sticky pad kind of does the same thing. You start kind of rubbing your thumb or your two fingers on that sticky pad. At the same time, you're turning that knob, you know, the first knob. There's nine of them on this particular one. So as you turn right. the knob, you kind of go, I want, I'm, you know, I'm looking for that Mercedes Benz, you know, and that's mm -hmm. your intention is that Mercedes Benz. And as you are moving on the sticky plate, I guess your subconscious pulls up those little sweat glands or whatever to make it sticky and stop. And when it stops and at the same time you're rotating that dial, boom, that's when you have set it. So then you go to the second one and you do the same thing and you have it in your head, the intent Mercedes Benz, Mercedes Benz, right? Boom. You do that for all nine of them and you've set that frequency. And when you do, then you take, um, the hair and that, you know, your little hair, your little DNA or a picture of you, whatever. And you put it over on that white plate, you know, with maybe a piece of tape or something just okay. to stick it on there. And you already have your antenna up. If you have the cat's meow, like the color cat's meow. And then you just set it down, you know. And then okay. go eat a sandwich or something. I don't know. And just see what happens. Some people's wishes um, have come true like 10 seconds. Some people in hours. Some people's in days. Some people's in weeks. Some people's in months. They say that uh, a lot of times with the frequency, imagine if you drop that pebble and, you know, that the pond, you know, the little ripples of the pond. Let's say that um, it's trying to go to the edge of the water. Well, sometimes there's a boulder in the way, or sometimes a fish jumps over, you know, that ripple. <laughs> so sometimes it takes a while to get past that boulder, or or um, you've got to take down some boulders, or you got to, you know, get that fish out of the way. So sometimes when that occurs and it goes for a long time, you know, maybe you might feel in your gut that you need to change it and, and redo it, because maybe it took a boulder down and now it needs a new frequency on there. Or... Okay. 
you know, you you got to trust your intuition as well. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm, so I'm definitely going to give it a try here. Yeah. So we have a question from Bob in chat, and he wants to know if there's any way it could apply for use during a paranormal investigation. You know, that is so great to hear that because uh, I've, I've, I've talked to him about something called a creature box. What do you think of that? A creature box. I like the name. That's very cool. <laughs> yeah, because cause I love, like, uh, I thought, you know, can we call the, you know, ETs? Can we call ghosts? Can we call demons? Can we call, you know, uh, Aunt Susie that passed away, you know, a couple of years ago? Can we call on some weird thing that we don't know what it is? Or, you know, can we go into a house that we all believe is haunted and say, hey, come to us? So, uh, Dr. Mulder is currently working on a creature box that can call spirits or whatever creature you want called in. And he's also working on ridding of them. Okay, because some people want to call them in. Nut, nutty people want to call them in. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and people like me sometimes want to just get rid of them, get them out of my house. I, I uh, you know, so so he's working on one box that will do both of those. So you can uh, either uh, get rid of them in a house or you can call them in. Now keep in mind he's going to make that specific for that and, and call it the creature box. So I'm looking forward to it turning out. But you can use that right now with the wishing wishing machine. You know, cuz if that's your intent to call something towards you, you got that wishing machine right there for it. So the wishing machine is basic box to do anything and everything. But he's he is working specifically on the creature box. So that is excellent. In fact, with the actual wishing machine and we're talking the original one, uh, the cat's meow like you have, because it has a built-in amplifier, what it oh. believes to be, happen is it, it happens quicker because you got the amplifier on it. Uh, but uh, I believe uh, the different stories I've heard about people ridding of some sort of spirit in their home um, is about three days. Okay. Mm. Isn't that something? No, Interesting. You know, but- but Kai, it sort of begs the question at the same time. I mean, what if, let's just say, I mean, this is like could be opening Pandora's box. Uh, assuming it works, I'm not no, saying it's it is. Dr. Saying, Mulder's box anyway. Right. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is, I mean, it's, you know, it's sort of like opening Pandora's box. You really don't know what it is that you're dealing with on the other side. Uh, that's exactly right. So, you know, keep your intent. That's along the lines of be careful what you ask for. <laughs> Well, of course. In this case, be careful what you wish for. It's a wishing machine. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And keep in mind, um, do not harm, you know, and, and, and be specific, you know, Mercedes Benz or, or, you know, there's a spirit in the house. I want to rid of it. Uh, you know, don't say, uh, or don't say anything like, you know, bring any entity my way, evil or not, you know, be careful. You just, yeah, you know, maybe bring an entity that will, that is good and will help me to hang out with me if, if you're going that route, you know. Okay. So I want to talk to you about remote viewing. Ooh. Because remote viewing is very interesting to me and I'll tell you why. I have like about every ability on the planet you can think of, except I cannot remote view. Cannot. Yeah, yeah, nothing. And yes, you can. Yeah, really. Have you tried? Have you gone to? I I have. So so I can even like I I can see I when I I do a lot of the medium work for my team. 
Oh. And I can see the spirits. I can They show me things. I can see, like, that they have fluffy white hair. So all of that stuff. But when I sit down and I actually try to do, like, remote viewing in the real world, no, nothing. And you know how they have, like, you can take those tests for remote viewing? I score abysmally on those things. And even, like, the Zener cards, terrible. Yeah. You know what? Hmm. You know what? That's, that, it's funny that you asked that because in one of Lynn uh, Buchanan's classes, now, Lynn doesn't teach anymore, but there's people uh, that Lynn has taught that will teach, and they're just incredible. They're incredible. I mean, Lynn himself was. But, but so I would, first of all, I would highly suggest you take any of those classes. But you're gonna you're gonna like this because uh, a lot of people have asked Lynn that question or proposed that to him and said, "Hey, Lynn, I am really good at all this other stuff, just like you, but I can view." And first of all, he'll say, "Yes, you can, because everybody can. Um, you just got to work at it." But you, in particular, people like you, because you have this other natural ability and you've done it all your life. Uh, remote viewing is trained. It's scientific. It is step by step. It's on paper, and it's so hard for you guys to kind of mold it's yourself. Not intuitive. Into. You could, yeah. Well, you well. It, you, what you say it was not. It is not. It, well, yeah, because everything I do is intuitive. I mean, it just I just do it. I don't know how I do it. Right. Right. So well, I have to work at remote viewing. Is what you're yeah. saying. Well, yeah. You, <laughs> yep. But you know, it's not really remote view. It's it's or, or tr- it's it's more of. Um, you have to follow some guidelines and walk on a, uh, uh, like before you might be kind of all over the place pulling it in, interpreting it, where this is like, okay, here's the straight line over here to walk on and don't go off of it because we want you to get to the, you know, next mile marker and the next mile marker. But I got to tell you this, when people like you follow those rules, you are incredible remote viewers because you already have this natural ability in what he does or remote viewing does it hones you in and disciplines you incredibly so you're so freaking focused that you're unbelievable so you um Mm. sounds like you could be one of those people be interesting so i have a question (laughs) from elaine in chat and what she wants to know is what's the difference between remote viewing and traveling around in one sleep to real places is she talking like um astral projection i'm guessing that she probably is talking about astral projection the difference between remote viewing and astral projection would be how i would interpret that okay because um or you know like out of body experiences i think there's yeah. i think a little yeah. bit of difference right because i think astral projections in the astral realm and out of body can just be anywhere right mm-hmm yeah, there's like these little fine lines with everything, you know? Um, so, yeah, I know. <laughs> and it's like, oh, did I get that one right? I'm sure we'll hear about it otherwise, right? Um, mm-hmm. This is the way Lynn would describe it. He would say, see if I can remember it specifically. When you, when, hmm, let me see if I can, when you remote view, you can smell things there, you can taste things there, and you can touch things. And some of us believe, after a ton of um, classes and trying to get bits and pieces out of these military remote viewers that only can give you, you know, they the 100% knowledge that they have, they can only tell you about, I don't know, I've heard one of them say we give you about 5%, which is a ton for us. 
I, I don't know about those percentages. You know, you kind of hear them say different things along the way because they don't remember what they've told you or not because they can't tell you everything. Uh, I mean, they have been per- given permission to teach it, but only so much. But they, we believe, some of the students along the way believe that you, they, they have actually, this is what we believe, it's just a theory, but we think that they've actually viewed places, past, present, future, um, and not only touch things, smell things, influence things, move things, uh, change things, but we believe that they've grabbed something in that time and or were able to bring it back. Hmm. Don't know if that's for sure, but when you get so involved with these people, you start realizing anything can happen. They talk about timelines don't even matter, and you can do the parallel time timelines. And re- so remote viewing can get extremely physical where you are like actually somewhere else where the realm and astral projection and out-of-body experience, out-of-body seems to be more just on the planet or wherever you go. However, I don't know. It gets so hairy. I, I'm scared to say some of this stuff that I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it wrong. But let, let me let me give an example of one time when I remote viewed. When you first start doing it, and you can do it by the way. I know you can. I know you can. Mm-hmm. What happens is you you go to a place immediately, and you start trying to describe where you're at and what you see. And and I for whatever reason would go to an area, and all of a sudden I was this teeny, itty-bitty, tiny little gnat size, and everything was normal size, and I was the size of a gnat. So when I started figuring out that I was really tiny, you know, because if I'm tiny and I'm looking at things, I don't know what it is because I'm too close to it. So they taught me to, okay, go back a 100 feet. Now what do you see? Then I would see what it was because I was like, hmm. a, if you've ever seen a mosquito fly into the butter. Oh, sure. A picnic, sure. like splat. That's what yeah. I. So one time I had I was up against something and it was dark and it was hard and it was cold and I could not figure out what it was and we were I was just learning how to do it. So you usually have a monitor and they help you move around the site so you can figure out what where you're at and what you're seeing. Well, that monitor pulled me back and um, I I started describing things and and then I started drawing it out. And I kid you not, I was on Easter Island. I saw Easter Island. I was oh, cool. there. I was hmm. there. And you know, you don't in 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 remote viewing. People have targets. They have a place for you to go, a person to go to, a thing to see, whatever. So they they put that target. It's called a target on a piece of paper, and they put it in an envelope, and they put it you know somewhere else so nobody knows what it is, or they can psychic psychically put it into your head. So. Um, when you know, so you don't know you're going there, and they can blind do it where the monitor doesn't know where you you are either. So when you end up after the, your session, you see the target. They pull it out of the envelope, and you see a picture of something that was in a magazine, and you see exactly where you stood. <laughs> I mean, exactly where you stood in the picture. It freaks you out, and there's the Pandora's box. Yeah. Never take that back. You can all of a sudden your life has changed. You know. Yeah. Well, of course it has. Definitely. Yeah. No, I, well, so he, go ahead, Rick. I was just going to ask. I have a question. You you also have a um, interest in cryptozoology as well, correct? Um, Bigfoot, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Bigfoot. Oh my gosh. You know what? I was actually um, working with. Um, um, ever heard of Mark Victor? No, I have not. No. Uh, 
Sorry, Mark, if you're out there. Um, <laughs> Mark was one of the uh, he was one of the um, writers of the original Poltergeist. Okay, the, the blockbuster Steven Spielberg, right? This blockbuster. Yeah, I remember those movies, right? Oh yeah. Okay, and then he, I think, then some of the later ones he directed and did some of those. But he was one of the original writers on, on you know, the first one, which was blockbuster famous. Ever, you know, holy cow! But the, the thing about Mark was, he said he never believed into in it at all. And then after the movie, he got so many letters. That was back in the letter day. He said there must be something into it, so uh, or something about this because all these letters. So then he got into the paranormal world, and at one point he started ParanormalTV.com and. I can't even think of the other one right now. Um, but he needed content. So um, I was working with him and bringing in documentaries, you know, content for this ParanormalTV.com that he has. To, mm-hmm. So you can go to these, you know, watch all the best documentaries out there, UFOs, ghosts, whatever. Um, so so um, at one point, some people gave me some Bigfoot documentaries. And I, so I met Bigfoot people, and I thought, oh, I've never really thought it didn't exist, but I never knew anything about it. I always thought they were in some other country, and they're like, oh, no, they're right here. So <laughs> at one point I said, hey, when you go out next, can I go with you? And I went two different times in an undisclosed area of Alabama, and uh, each time I experienced something, each time, and talk about Pandora's box, and I don't care what anybody says, they are there, they exist, they are real, they're everywhere. You, you you get around them once and you know they're everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And I don't, I, honestly, I mean, I'm going way overboard with most people that can't even handle if they're real or not, but I think they're extraterrestrial. Ah, now, I live in the Pacific Northwest, which oh. is prime Bigfoot country. Yeah, yeah. And I've spent a lot of time up in the mountains and never anything. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They are, yeah. Well, and you have abilities where you can sense things, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Huh. Well, we, we need to take you to an undisclosed area of Alabama. <laughs> That's what I need to do is go to go to undisclosed Alabama. <laughs> well, they, they believe in the area that we were that there's two different tribes, and they believe that the one's uh, a little bit, uh, friendlier than the other one and I, I tell you uh, the first night that I was there um, t- they shook the camper I was in I know it I know it and and they have uh, they're very similar to ET uh, when you talk to anybody that's done any ET work or hybrid work you know there's telepathy going on there's uh, mm-hmm. uh, all sorts of you know lights in the sky and then you know abduction uh, but uh, with with Bigfoot, there's a lot of lights in the sky, and also it's not telepathy, but because of the uh, uh, Native American background to the the Sasquatch, it's uh, called um, mind speaking, right? Mind speak instead of telepathy. Mm-hmm. And I kid you not, I I heard things along the way. I mean, just <sighs> crazy stuff. It, uh, amazing. I mean, uh, they're real. So well, well yeah. the, so and you think that they're extraterrestrial in origin, and you know there's the concept surrounding anything extraterrestrial in or, origin of high strangeness. So, does is there the high strangeness then around Bigfoot as well? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I think so. I think so. And you know, think about this: is a um, I don't know. I, 
and it's kind of funny, but I kind of think, you know, I, I do believe, by the way, that Hollywood um, has been for a long, 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 long time and still is and still will, uh, are preparing us for what will happen one day and maybe just the truth of any of this stuff and all of this stuff coming out, you know, and I think when it comes to Bigfoot, you know, you got the old Wookiee in Star Wars and uh, I think that might be the preparation for that. I mean, the, the Wookiee is not this ferocious, horrible thing, but it could be, but I see the Wookiee as kind of a protector, right? I kind of think, sure, sure. I don't know yeah. if I can go this far yet, maybe, maybe on a part two I'll go a little further with, with my thoughts about Bigfoot, but but a lot of people that have uh, like shot at one, they will say that. Um, I know that I've heard a couple stories where the witnesses said they shot at it because they were scared. It wasn't like they went hunting for Bigfoot. I I, I want to shoot those people myself. But they say that you know they were just out hunting and oh my gosh they thought they were scared to death and they were doing it for their life. They shot at it and they saw a a blast of light. They knew they hit it, but it this blast of light and then poof gone. Just like people talk about E.T. or even spirits, right? A lot of people sure. say this flash of light, and then boom, and these things are gone. And think about it. There's never excrement. There's never, you know, um, a body. They can't find the hair. They can't, you know, blah, blah, They're blah. They're not caught on trap cameras or the, the game cameras that are all over the place. You never get a picture of Bigfoot on one of those. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, okay, I, I, I understand that, you know, the whole theory that they're interdimensional travelers or they're aliens or whatever, but... Assuming that Bigfoot exists, which I personally do believe that he does, I mean, there is a creature very similar to that or an animal that does appear in the fossil record, which leads me to go with uh, Dr. Jeff Meldrum by saying that this is something that is of our world and of our dimension, uh, the Gigantopithecus, uh, which was a, a big part of or was over in Russia and in Asia and then came over to this continent during the um, during the last ice age and um, from what people say concerning this Bigfoot Sasquatch uh, uh, Falk monster whatever you want to call him it sounds like this animal that has been supposedly extinct now for 25,000 years what do you think about that you know I don't know because um, have you ever experienced anything at all with the Bigfoot I live in Illinois so no <laughs> Okay, you know, lots of ghosts, lots of lots of UFOs, but no big feet. Okay, <laughs> no big feet walking around. Uh oh, women, stay away from that. Stay. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I just, uh, I'm just all talk. Okay. Um, you know, when I was there, and and you know, if you're if you're sensitive to things like you know you guys are, um, you will recognize an intelligence from them. I mean, that's what hits you. You're like. They're real and they're intelligent. That was like the first thoughts I had. And you know they're a higher intelligence than you are. So um, I know how the the the, um, the creatures you spoke about or the uh, what 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 did you? The gigantic. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know that they ever described them as intelligent creatures or not. Uh, and who knows as well anyway. Maybe, maybe well, they look like it. Yeah. But these things, you have this sense of higher intelligence than yourself. You just do. I can't describe it. I can't tell you why, but you do. And okay. I have that experience on almost a daily basis, so there you go. 
something else around you? I mean, of a higher no, of higher intelligence than myself. Oh, is it? Is it Rick? Is it when Rick's around you? No, it would be. It would be my my oh. husband. Oh, oh, that's so sweet. That's very kind. Yeah, well, he would tell you that. So there you go. <laughs> but I think I mean, you would feel it if you're. You know, you've got those feelings like that. I think you would pick yeah. it up. You would know when it's around. You know, the no, I know what you mean. You do, yeah, and it's yeah. so overwhelming too. And then you, I think you'd hear him talk to you. Okay. <laughs> See, you know what? And, and it and it's not that I don't, you know, accept that as a theory, and it's not that I'm a skeptic, which I'm not. Um, I, I just think that it's if, if this is a if this is an animal that appears in our fossil record in our natural world, then it's got to possibly be that. Huh. You're going at but who's to say that they weren't interdimensional or extraterrestrial creatures millions of years ago either, Rick? Yeah, well, because I'm talking I'm talking about the evolutionary fossil record that we have concerning them. It's it's I mean, if, I, I just think that, you know, with a, a theory of being aliens or interdimensional creatures, I think it's just as valid because, let's face it, nobody's ever got one. And the pictures that we see are always fuzzy, which makes people believe, okay, this is something that's operating on a different wavelength than we are. Um, but I, I think that any theory that is offered on this is just as good as, you know, either interdimensional or being something completely natural. Isn't that, isn't that what's fun oh. about the paranormal, though, or anything beyond yes, that is, stuff? That's... We can all have theories. We can all fantasize. We have a good time. You know, when people talk about politics, man, they're yelling at each other, screaming, mad, angry. They lose friends, you know. <laughs> right. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, you know? I just recently had that problem. It is. It is fun. Yeah, it's more, much more exciting, much more interesting, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I mean, go back to Sasquatch there for a minute. What if, you know, what if they do live underground and that's why, you know, we, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. What if they just can zoom back up into, you know, a, a vehicle that's flying around or another portal or whatever? What if they're here to mine for gold? You know, what if they're here to mine for things? You know, they're strong, they're big. And what if the reason that, uh, you know, they come out to where you can see them or they get close to you is because they don't want you to go beyond the point in the woods that you are because you'll see what they're doing. I mean, what if? If it's E.T. behind them, they're the wolf, the E.T. back there mining for gold themselves, you know. Think about that, sure. because once you see one of those things, you don't go any further back. So, uh, you know, it's just like a little watchdog. Yeah. I'd like to go sure. back to what you said about um, that you think that Hollywood is preparing us for the reality of some of these things. Hollywood is doing this consciously. And if I so, who's in the know? Um, you know what? I, I, you know what? That's a good question because I think there are people maybe that do know consciously, but I think too, what a better tool for whoever it is that does know to work into the minds of the ones that are into it than they don't know. They just are given the thoughts. Okay. So, so I think there's some control. level of, of mind. I don't want to say mind control because that sounds rather nefarious. Um, but so there's some level of some type of intelligence that's possibly sharing that intelligence with us in a way in which we are unaware. Well, they could be aware or not aware, and it could be a combination of both. Who knows? But I think yeah. it's a good possibility. I really do. 
Wow, so, that's really fascinating. I haven't really thought about things in this way before. So, well, well think about mm-hmm. that. Think about this. You know, TV shows. You know, how many people they hit at one time. Movies. How many people it hits that influence? Boom is right there. Put that thought into your head. And now, you know, with these cell phones, these smartphones. I mean, my gosh, we can direct anything into anybody's mind immediately, and everybody's thinking the same way. <laughs> so yeah, you can totally influence the world uh, the way you want to prepare them. You know, with whatever it is you need to prepare them for. That's kind of frightening, right? Isn't it? Isn't it? But you know, it could be good stuff too. <laughs> Hey, I they, know. Hey, we I've, I've long Coca Cola, right? Yum, right? Ugh. Get a big well. Well, the other thing is that I wanted to ask you about the remote viewing, um, and I know this is kind of taking a step back. You said that the remote viewing class that you took were through somebody who was trained through the government, and that they only teach you like about five percent of the stuff that the dudes from the government know. So here's what I want to know: What the heck is the government doing with this stuff? I don't know. You know, a lot of them have have said that they're not doing anything in the remote viewing world anymore. And uh, they also said... Do you that believe the, that? Well, they also said Project Stargate, a project that they did for 20 years, didn't work. So, you know, if you got a project going for 20 years and it didn't work, well, wouldn't you have stopped a long time ago? That's a lot of money. Yeah, so, really. seem like it. You know, they're not going to tell you what they're doing, but those of us that have d- taken those classes and, and studied it and learned it, I mean, I wish I'd studied, you know, continued to practice it every day because it's like a martial art. You get better, you know, the more you practice it. But um, when you get into that and you open the Pandora's box, you see what you can do and you realize what, oh, my gosh, it blows your mind. Then you are thinking, if I can do this right now after a week or two days or one day, then what else can I do? So these people are focused all the time, constantly being worked with. So who knows how far they've gone with this? Sure. Yeah. I think it makes you think, doesn't it? Yeah. Make, yeah. I think it goes far beyond what we can imagine, which is interesting wow. again. <laughs> it is no, interesting. And a, a little, again, I'm just going to have to say, and I'm not a, a fear-filled human being by any chance, by any stretch of the imagination. I'm pretty chill. But it's kind of scary when you think about it, really. A lot of power, a lot of power. It's like, you know what, yeah. when being around, um, if you are, I, I've only been around big, the, the Bigfoot areas twice, and I had more experiences than people yeah. that go all their lives. You just have to be at the right place at the right time, and I think sure. they also know if you're interested or not, you know, or you they can talk to you or want to, you know? Yeah. Uh, but when you hear one of them mind speak to you, it's clear as day. However, if you're not conscious of it, oh, wait a minute, that came from somebody else. It was clear as day. Oh, my gosh. And it was a question I just asked, and I got an answer. Oh, whoa. If you don't start really thinking about that and you're not open to thinking about that, you'll just think it was a thought in your own head. And if right. people have that power of, of telepathy or know how to do it or influence, well, that's that's what they're hoping they can do with that power, right? It's just get away with having you think that it's your own thoughts. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. Hmm. If you well, got- I understand that. When I was young and I first, you know, was working with my abilities and I had these abilities, I, for years, thought that it was stuff in my own head, especially the empathy stuff where I'd get these... Um, 
mood swings that had nothing to do with how I felt. But I took them on as mine because I thought they were mine. And it was only later as I began to work with my abilities that I understood what it was. Yes. Yeah. So that then you can see perfectly how they could some somebody could control you. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. If you think it's your thought, you know. Well, yeah, and it's it's very easy to do, especially the more skeptical you are about things. And, you know, I know people who have really, really impressive abilities that don't admit it or don't believe it or they're skeptical about it. And yet I, I wonder how they then reconcile all this stuff that comes into their heads. Because yeah. when I had all that going on, man, I thought I was nuts. <laughs> and you're not. You just have a big no. and you're, you know. Yeah. Um, Situate sorting them all out because people don't talk about this. They don't, uh, you know, they want to dummy everybody down, and you can see why because knowing truth, uh, wow, and dealing with truth, <laughs> it can be a little bit. It it can be a lot sometimes, can't it? <laughs> well, I I I love truth. You know, if if you know truth, that's where you can have that rock solid foundation of whatever it is in life. When you don't sure. have truth and you walk off to the left or, you know, some other road here, you're just going to fall in quicksand all the time, right? And and yep. they're just on that rock solid and you're going to get everything you're supposed to get by doing that, you know, instead of falling in all the time. So so even if the if the truth is just about, you know, uh, relationships or or anything, you know, just as normal as we we do every day with work or significant others and things like that, but also truth of the Bigfoot, the ET, these other things. What is it? Because when we find that out, we're going to know exactly who we are to all these right. other and to God and what, you know, who are we? What? Right. And, you know, that's, I actually, I get asked a lot by a lot of people, well, you know, how can you do this paranormal stuff? How can you do this communication with dead people? Isn't that of the devil? And it's like, <laughs> no, as a matter of fact, to me, it's really empowering because I know something about what happens to us after we die. Yes. Yeah. And what a beautiful and life-changing thing that is when you know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, uh, we keep going. We don't die. No, we go on and on and on and on, don't we? On and on. You know what? It's funny when you, you know, with the remote viewing, uh, Lynn Buchanan, we had, um, I, I, I guess I hit on a right question. I love to ask questions to these people, but I, apparently they did some research where um, they asked Lynn, remember, when they ask you to view a target, you don't know what it is. So Lynn, you know, came up with all these things of, you know, what he viewed. And then later on, they tell the question. And then you're like, oh, my gosh. And he was he was asked to um, um, go to a person's mind and see what they were seeing one minute after they died. Two Ooh. minutes after they died. Ten Ooh. minutes after they died. Two weeks after they died, five years after they died, hundred, you know, that they asked those questions, <laughs> and they got some really cool answers. Oh, I bet. You know, I actually had, yeah. and this is a little off topic, and I know you're the guest, and this isn't about me, but I'm going to tell you anyway. I actually had life between lives regression hypnotherapy. Ooh. If you ever get the opportunity to do that, do it. What did you find out? Um, I found out about me, not me, Karen, but me, the soul. And I found out why I have the abilities I have in this lifetime, for instance. Mm. Um, 
and it, it ties in with, with what I do when I'm not here, which is that I, um, when I am a spirit, I help go find the very young souls who have lost their way instead of making their way back home. Mm. Well, I'm doing a version of that through my, my medium and paranormal work here. Mm, so, but it's, a, it's really fascinating. It is. It is. Yeah. Well, so when you're helping them back, are you like in the astral realm and grabbing their hand and helping guide them back? Here? No, I talk to them. I um, actually, it's really, it's, it's kind of an interesting, uh, they communicate with me. It's usually in a haunted location where I've identified them and I find out what's keeping them here. Oh. Um, sometimes I can do this in one visit. Sometimes it's ongoing for days, weeks, months, years. Oh, um, you, you cross them over. If- uh, and so, yeah, I can see where they are. I see it as a doorway. I see where they are in relationship to the doorway. And I see when they go through the doorway, and I just have conversations with them until they're ready to go. Wow. I love that kind of stuff. Do you? What about if you can see that? Are you able to see when people have, like, entities on them or people from their past? No. That's Mm-mm. crazy, huh? Because I'm thinking if you can cross those people over in these homes, maybe you could cross over some of those people that have entities stuck on them so they can get off these poor people and these poor souls. Yeah, I have a friend who actually can do that. She does, like, the um, healing work, the healing energy work, and she can see that. I don't see that. I can do, like, the hand scans because I'm a Reiki practitioner as well. So I can do, like, the hand stands and, uh, scans and stuff. I can't do hand stands. That's been years. I was say, I'd be dizzy. <laughs> I'd probably bump my head. It would be all over for me. But, um, but so I do that type of thing, but no, I've never been able to, and like, I, I, one of the things I want to do that I can't do is I can't see people's auras. Ah. So. Sister can do that. I, I wish, uh, I'm sorry, I don't have something turned off there. Yeah, that's all right. uh, My dogs barked earlier. These things, they happen. They do. We all know the sounds. And everybody's yeah. like, mine or was that yours? I'm going to blame uh, I know. I actually, when yours went, I, I picked up my phone and looked at it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to keep going like, how dare you? What's wrong with Oh, how funny. But yeah, so I, I wish that I could see auras. And, and I really would like to be able to do the remote viewing. And so maybe that's something that, that you know, I need to learn to do. because. But at the same time, I don't want to do it in a way that's intrusive. Because I think that you can take the remote viewing too far if you do it without other people's permission, things like that. I always try to be very careful of people's boundaries. And so, you know, I wouldn't like to accidentally remote view into my parents' bedroom or something or my, you know, my brother-in-law in in the shower. I'd just be, I'd be terrified that that would be what happened. Oh, that that would (laughs) be harmful. That would be harmful to you, yes. (laughs) That would be the whole, you'd, you'd need the brain bleach after that. Well, it's funny that you say you wish that you could do this, have better abilities, and you wish you could do that because the wishing machine, there you go. That is something that you can do. You can wish for better. Well, let me tell you, I have a kid in college right now, so so I I wish I had the money to afford anything other than paying for college. (laughs) Well, then you, that boy is expensive right now, man. Machine, and you wish for money for that, and you put your little pictures and things like that. And you wish for more, um, and you can use a wishing machine over and over and over again. So, so then you wish for um, more abilities and better abilities. I think that's a great one. I think that's a great wish, and you wish for all the different things, and give it a shot and see what happens because yeah, your yeah. focus and intent is so strong. I think you can get right, it. Right. And when it comes to the remote viewing classes, um, I would highly suggest uh, Lori Williams. Uh, she's 
she's amazing. She was, uh, I did it with, when I did Lynn Buchanan's, uh, stuff, she, she actually taught the 101 for him, uh, cause he would do the media, intermediate and the advanced and a whole bunch of other ones. And now she does all his classes. He's not, he's not teaching anymore. And she, you know, she was the first one to have me see something. You know, she taught me how to cross that line and get there and, Mm-hmm. change your life so you can do all that stuff you'll be fantastic at it um, without a doubt well I just you know my problem I think with my wishing and I do this in my focused intent too is the stuff that I that I focus my intent on is like the ridiculously impractical stuff it's never like you know I wish I had more money it's it's stuff like oh I wish I had the abilities so that I could be on my life's path the way that I'm supposed to be it's I'm never practical it's always that <laughs> <laughs> no, that's actually wonderful. I'm with you. So, so you too. You want what the universe gives you. You want to walk that path. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and why, why do you? Because I bet you have the same reason as me. Why do you want to do that? Well, because it's what I'm supposed to do because it serves my higher purpose and it helps me. It, it, in the end, it, it helps me. I mean, it helps other people, but in the end, it helps me because when you're on your life's path, when you're doing the things that you're supposed to do, that your spirit wants to do, then everything else falls into place. And then you get all your gifts. It's fruitful. It's um, and the people around you, like you said, also get the mm-hmm. gifts. You know, it's, it's yeah, crazy. yeah. You know, everything falls into place. Yeah, yeah. That I am totally one hundred percent with you on that. All right. Well, you know, we could have had this conversation for another two hours. Unfortunately, we only have an hour and a half. And we have come, actually, we have passed the point. So we have now come to Shameless Self-Promotion Corner, where you get to promote anything you'd like and tell people how they can find out more about you and the wishing machine and anything else you'd like. Okay. Hmm. Where do I start? When I was three years old? No, I'm just, um. <laughs> no, no. We only have eight minutes. <laughs> well, um, well, one of the things we talked about was Dr. Mulder's wishing machine. So, uh, I, I, I really do want people that if they get the machine, uh, again, it is an actual affordable one. I've not seen anybody uh, that has them lower than that. And if they do, they might be less powerful. These things are incredible. And I've heard a lot of people have such success. So I just want people, you know, to get it. If they, if they do get it to let me know, cause I want to know, I want to know what happens. So it's Dr. Mulder's wishing machine.com. And, um, he's got the basic, the cat's meow. He's got health helmets and things like that and rick i look forward to seeing what happens with you on that cat's meow because that's the one it's just like a hundred dollars more it's more powerful kind of thing so it's still all very lowly low price it's not a hundred thousand dollars like these other ones so it's affordable <laughs> so that's Thank what I'm at. yeah yeah i mean I, I, I tell you what you know i will send a postcard because it is a thing it's not something that i want it's a place i want to go oh excellent mm-hmm. wait a minute there you go you you're you're you want to Wait, say it again. He wants to go somewhere. That's his wish. It's not, he doesn't want something. He wants to go somewhere. Oh, exactly. So you're going to put a picture of that there where you want to go. Correct. Oh, cool. See, I speak Rick. I get this. You did. You speak Rick. She she understands me. She's like, I I, I like to think of Karen as my second wife. (laughs) I'm his on the air wife. Oh, yes, I've done those co-hosting things. And it, you're right. That's what it is, a husband and wife relationship. That's mm-hmm. right. I nag him just as much, but, you know, <laughs> he gets he gets to turn me off at the end of the night. Well, so does my husband. But Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Well, anyway, so continue self-promoting, please. Just, um, um, hmm, gosh, 
um, what else, what else, what else? Um, I, you know, I'm a radio and TV personality. I've done it all my life. I'm, I'm hoping for, um, uh, some paranormal TV shows to occur and radio shows to occur. I got to, uh, Fantastic. post a couple of weeks ago. That was fun. I got to interview Dr. David M. Jacobs with abductions and uh, Archbishop James Long, who does demonology. Oh, we love James Long. Yeah. He's one of, he writes for us. He's yeah. part of Paranormal Underground. Oh, really? Yeah. He's one of my little buddies, man. He's, he and I are like brother and sister. We were about, we were supposed to do a TV show together and it didn't work out, but man, it may, you never know. No, oh, fingers crossed. Get your wishing machine out, sister. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, well, it, uh, you know, uh, you may want to ask him about the wishing machine. Okay. He, he might have been that guy that had that migraine. Oh, okay. I'll have to ask him, and he's the one. He's the he's the prayer. Okay, well, that makes a lot of sense. He's the prayer, and you know, you know, he is very scientific, and it better work. You know, so the very first yeah. time worked for him. I don't want to speak for him, but I know that it did work for him within ten seconds. And we all know he's very credible. But he, you know, he has to probably use it one hundred times, and it's got to work seventy five percent. Yeah, I know. Say, I hey, get it. And that's cool. That's the way James is, and that's what's great about it. You know, that's what's great about it. Those are his rigorous scientific trials. (laughs) He's funny. He's a funny guy. So, hey, i just uh, very happy to be along with you guys, and maybe we can do some sort of Bigfoot hunt or something like that or do something fun together. That would be a good time. Very cool. Sure. Well, and I hope that you'll come back on the show, too, because I feel like we just barely scratched the surface that is Connie. I appreciate that. And listen, um, why don't you know do the wishing machine and let me know what happens, and uh, okay. we can start out with another show like that, and then we can. Uh, I don't know. We got to plan a, a time to go somewhere and do something. There's nothing better than going and doing this stuff. That's what I like to say. Yeah. I like. Oh to sure. Thoughts, but I like to get out there and feel it and touch it for myself. There's a lot of people. How many people do you guys know in these fields? that have written books and they're experts on these things, but they've never experienced anything, seen anything. Been yeah, out- a lot. A lot! Yeah. And, yeah, man- that's why I'm so happy that I get to do this show and write for the magazine because when I started writing for the magazine many years ago now, I can't even remember how many years ago. It was 2007, 2008, something like that. I used it as my excuse to get out and do all of this stuff, and it was fabulous. Good idea. Yeah, I know. Well, so we we do have to let you go because we have a little bit of business we need to do at the end of the show. But I hope you'll come back on because you've just been really a lot of fun to talk to. And like I say, I feel like we just barely touched on it. Oh, didn't even get to everything. But yet I feel like I know you already, so that's cool. I mean, when you can talk to somebody about this kind of stuff without holding back, there you go. That's family. There yeah. you go. All right. Well, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon, Connie. Thank you so much. Well, thank, thank you, Connie. Thank you. Have a great Bye. night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, so really quickly, Cheryl, coming up on Chuck's show, it is... Oh, boy. Um, Chuck's show, we have the two of the members of the Tennessee uh, Wraith Chasers. They are also uh, part of the cast of Ghost Asylum on Destination America. So if you're listening live, stay tuned after we end our show here and listen in for that great interview. Yeah, stick around for Chuck E.G. And who do we have next week, Cheryl? Next week, we have a few members of Paranormal After Party. If you, They have a web-based... <gasps> Are we going to have a party? We're going to have a Paranormal After Party. Uh, they go the to ParanormalAfterParty.tv, and you can check out 
everything about them. That sounds pretty fun. All right. So um, next week, guys, come on back. We'll be having a paranormal after party. And please stick around. Listen to Chucky G coming up right after this show. Until next week, we'll be back 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, other times in the flyover states. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. Y'all have a good night. Good night. If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio, email editor at paranormalunderground.net. Until next time, keep exploring the unexplained at paranormalunderground.net. Please join us next week for Paranormal Underground Radio on the Hazy Radio Network. <laughs>